Hi, this is Brooke Lurie, and this is the Brooke Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. With me, as always, my good friend and producer, Ari David. A pleasure, always. Uh, by the way, I think we should always, uh, people are, have been asking for our phone number, so 310-478-7788 is my office number. Uh, if you ever want to give a call and challenge me, uh, or otherwise, if you have a legal issue, uh, of course, uh, that's what we're here for as well. All right. Uh, I want to talk to you about, of course, um, the things that are going on in the Middle East. Let me make clear about one thing. Uh, I'm not presenting this today, at least, as a news item. This is not about a group called ISIS or Al-Qaeda or any other group um, situation and what shall we do about it and how are we going to respond to it, and, which is all very important. Uh, we could talk about that, and we have talked about that at length. What I want to talk about today is, and using the disasters that we're seeing in the Middle East, and, and, I'm, and we're not, I'm not even talking about Obama at this point. Um, we'll talk about him in the sense that he doesn't see the evil that surrounds us. Um, that evil is there. I want to talk about how we live in a bubble called America. And the West largely lives in a bubble called the West, and certainly a time bubble. And Ari, you and I, after uh, offline at some point, we talked about how remarkably wild it was that we could live in America in this time, in the history of the world. And, it, you know, if you, if you, you see... You did some math and came up with a staggering number. Right. And we'll, we'll talk about that math in a moment. But, but think about it from, from the standpoint of, let's say... You're just kind of hovering over the universe, as it were, and uh, you're going to land somewhere in time on this place called Earth as a human being, by the way. We didn't even think about that, by the way. <laughs> you, could have, you, could have been, you could have landed as a grasshopper, right? But to land as a human being in a place called America uh, to nice parents, we didn't even factor that in, by the way, either, uh, at this time in uh, America's history or for that matter, world history. And, we, and, and if you look at it, like, instead of looking at it as, well, time is the way it is, no, look at time instead as a, um, as, a, as, as a field. And you can land anywhere in that field, just like you can land anywhere on the planet, right? If you just kind of... Because in space and time are just physical game boards and you're throwing a dart at them and it's going to land randomly on a space and a time. Right. And we, we did some numbers, and the numbers were pretty basic when you think about it. Here's how we factored this. And this is only on two levels. And I want you to understand how extraordinarily lucky we are to be in America and also to have arrived at this time in the history of mankind. And by that, you mean late 20th century, early 21st century. Correct. And here's how we did the math. We, in terms of Living in America at all, um, what we did is we simply said, okay, the chances of you being an American uh, is about 300 million, because there are about 300 million people in America, uh, out of 7 billion, because there are about 7 billion total on the planet. The ratio of that, we determined, was 0. 0.045, okay, which means you had a 4.5% chance of being born in America, okay? That's a pretty low chance. So already you're pretty gosh darn lucky. Yeah, out of 100 people, four of you 
are born in America. That's right. Now, uh, so so you know that's 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 really quite wild. Although they're not staggering odds. I mean, it's you know you could it you could can win. be done. It can be done, right? Yeah. You, you you could you know if if you had a four percent chance of winning the lottery, you know that's not a bad gamble. Okay, I, I'd put a dollar down for that. But it's not that way. You also have to factor in the element of time. Now, time here, you have to take the entire uh, time period of mankind's arrival on the planet. Well, I think for our math, to simplify it a little and make the odds a little better, we use the 10,000 years since the first civilization, not... I was, I, was, I was going there. Oh, okay. First civilization, 10,000 years. So we use 10,000, and that's being conservative, Okay. And then we gave ourselves a very healthy lifespan of 100 years. So 100 divided by 10,000. And that's 0.001. Now, in order to get the, 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 the chances or the luckiness of being able to be in America at this time in the history of mankind, you multiply those two fractions I just mentioned. 0.001 times the previous fraction, which was 0.045. And you get a staggeringly low numbers, uh, low low percentage. It's point zero 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 four five. That is a, such a small fraction. The, you should be giddy with excitement. Yeah, giddy. I think the number is four point five ten thousandths of a, of a percent. percent. That's correct. You got it. So think about how lucky you are there. And that, my friends, is not even factoring in the other goodies that you might have personally in your own life. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you have two parents that you still speak to, who, and a father who did not run away from you, a mother who's not an alcoholic, all those things, the, the chances of you having two loving parents. And having well, both your eyes, both your legs. Hang on, hang on. I just thought, I'll get there. The chances of you having two loving parents is so staggeringly uh, unusual, right? I mean, you think about the, the state of the family today. It's not, a, it's not a good state. So it's not as if everyone has two parents that love them and, and, and don't have any issues. If you have two parents who are just stable, who don't beat you, who um, don't molest you, who don't uh, engage in alcoholism, that's, I suppose that's the lucky one of, of the three that I just mentioned, your odds are, again, staggeringly, uh, even smaller. And then factor in other things, um, such as even within America, you could be born to you know, a very, very poor family. Uh, but even, it, even then, you're still better off than a very poor family, let's say, in India or Pakistan. But you get the idea, folks. Uh, we, we have a good. We have a really good. And it's not, it's not just you know, a, small, you know, a relatively small chance. We have a really staggeringly small chance of having the life that we now have. All right, so I want to say that first as a, um, as a preamble to what we're about to say. And that is uh, that this goodness that we, we deal with, with democracy and freedom and our ability to run our own businesses and speak our minds and to practice our faith as we will, that these are really wonderful times when you think about it. And, but at the same time, you need to understand, looking at the broad base of history, these are Extremely exceptional times. Exceptional. But because America in particular has been around for only 238 years, um, 
and and even of that time period, it's only been really rich in its in its de- democratic glory for the past, let's say, 150 years. Um, you know, after slavery, certainly. You you really need to appreciate that. But you know, most of us have never lived in a time, at least if you've been born in America, you've never lived in a time under dictatorial rule. You've never seen what it's like to live under the uh, the thumbs of another power under a king who is whimsical about his power and how he throws it about. So um, we we live in a bubble. All you've known, I mean, it's it's kind of in a sense we're like a spoiled child. We can be like a spoiled child if we don't appreciate it. If you are raised and you live in a in a society where, or sorry, in a house, in a mansion, let's say. And all you've known your entire life are butlers and maids who, you know, not only change your diapers at every moment, but every time you feel like you need some water, you say, give me some water. And uh, the butler runs to you with your water, and you never have to do anything on your own. Well, you have a very distorted view of reality, don't you? But that is your view of reality. That's all you know. And that's not a good place. You, you would never say that that's good for that child, to then become an adult, he becomes he, he ends up thinking that everyone is supposed to be there to serve him and so on. It's an unhealthy uh, life to live, right? But the same thing is true with us as Americans. I don't think we appreciate what we have. I think we need to constantly remind ourselves, like the numbers that you and I already went through with the staggering odds of being in America at this time, with all the other goodies associated with our own personal lives. And I think you brought up a good point, uh, you said in a passing, in terms of our health. You know, the fact that, you know, we're, we don't have to deal with, you know, unusually um, uh, unfortunate circumstances, such as maybe you have a brother who is, uh, um, has Down syndrome or some sort of, God forbid, some sort of cancer, you know, within your family or otherwise. It, it's, it's, uh, it could really be a challenge. It could really change your life entirely. But, but putting that aside, we need to appreciate where we are. And I don't think most Americans appreciate it. And one of the things that can rob you of your appreciation, can take it right out, is when you don't know history. What is history? It's, it's the ultimate appreciation opportunity. Right? You, you look at history and you say... Man, if I lived 200 years ago, life would suck, right? If I lived 1,000 years ago, life would suck. would really suck. Yeah, that's right. You know, the the randomness of life back 1,000 years, uh, you know, and and then going back to Roman times, let's say, in the year 200 A.D., um, you you know, if if you're, if if, uh, circumstances could be such that suddenly somebody just, you know, capture you in a battle and you're suddenly a slave. Bye-bye. See you later. Your life is over. Slave. Okay? Or if you're a woman, whew, God forbid, you, you, you're just going to be raped over and over again. Or and, just die in childbirth. Yeah. Uh, incredible things. The yeah. diseases that you would suffer from. And, and these are things that um, it's worth asking yourself, wow, I'm so glad. Every time you, you study any history, you just got to see yourself, wow, I'm glad I wasn't around then. I mean, I, I, I saw a documentary on the World War II. And Germany, and just thought to myself, "Wow, it must have." That, that, I'm so glad I wasn't around as a Jew uh, back in Germany. 
And then you ask yourself, what would I do back, you know, if I were a Jew in Germany? Uh, would I have left? Would I have fought? Would I have... What could you have done? I saw another documentary about the plague and all the suffering that they had to go through. And they didn't even know what, what the plague was. They, they, they had misguided efforts to, to try to kill everyone that, that they thought was not religious enough. And um, they also killed Jews to blame them for that and so on. What a wildly horrible history we have. And here is my point. Our moment in history is really just that. It's a moment in history. This great time that we have where we can self-actualize and uh, seek the best in ourselves and to try to be fulfilled in what we want in our lives uh, is so unique, so exceptional. It is not by any stretch of the imagination the rule. The rule is slavery, disease, torture, and evil. All the horrible things that are not this. That's right. Everything that you think is that you're enjoying your life is exactly the opposite uh, and, and in terms of what the standard history lesson would give you. That is what you need to understand. And, and when I was... Uh, a little boy. We talked a little bit about this before. Uh, in my teenage years, I used to think that uh, anti-Semitism and a lot of the the hatred of the past, whether it's uh, racism uh, against blacks and otherwise, I I felt not 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 just in America but otherwise that that things were changing nicely. The anti-Semitism really was a relic of the past. People began to realize how unproductive and how stupid it was, and it is. And racism, it's also stupid. We thought about, you know, all those things. And uh, we think, okay, we're moving forward. And now I discover, you know, maybe, I, of course, that I was naive. That, in fact, evil is constantly out there. It's constantly rearing its ugly head. And the only way to fight it is to fight it. That's what we'd have to do. And when we think that somehow, and this is the, this is the horrible part of it, we think that, somehow the rest of the world thinks like us. That they also want freedom. That they also want uh, just to raise their family, uh, to, to make more wealth for themselves, to provide for their kids, uh, to, to have a good cup of joe, <laughs> to go camping once in a while, to have a vacation with the kids and explore the world and such. Um, but it just ain't so, my friend. It ain't so. People have very different uh, understandings of the way the world works. And uh, the, the famous uh, placard that I once saw in a, in a demonstration, I, I'll never forget it. It's, uh, it was uh, an Arab uh, demonstration. But the sign said, to hell with your freedom. And this was not just one person's uh, expression of an idea. The, the, he was emblematic of what they all felt. We don't want your freedom. We, we don't understand your freedom. We don't, we don't like it. We think it's, um, it's, it's horrible for civilization. We think it's, uh, what's the they word? They think it's weak. Yeah, it's, it's weak. It's, oh, saying, it's, it's decadent. Yeah. That's what they, they were saying. It's decadent, and it leads to secularism, which is against Allah's will. Uh, their whole notion of uh, freedom does not jibe at all with Allah and Sharia law. Yeah. And not just for us, but for them too. 
They don't want freedom for them, and they don't want us to have our freedom for us and just be left alone. That's right. That's what people don't understand. Right. You know, this is... There's, there's a song from Guns N' Roses from a long time ago, and I'm only taking it for the sake of the title. Only their greatest song ever, so <laughs> who cares how long ago? Well, you don't even know what the song is, but I'll tell you. It's, uh, All of them are great, so yeah, that's true, it doesn't yeah. matter. The song title and the, song, the name of the song was Welcome to the Jungle. And uh, I'm titling this podcast Welcome Back to the Jungle. Uh, what do I mean by that is kind of obvious. Um, the world is a jungle, and it is incumbent upon us to constantly civilize it. And we are mistaken if we think that somehow the natural order of things are nice homes with air conditioning and refrigerators and cars that don't blow up on you and, and the police that, that protect us and the firemen, that will, the, the firemen that will come to, uh, to our rescue immediately upon a fire. Uh, that there's an ambulance there. That there's something for everything right away. That there's education opportunities available to you. That you be, you can become whatever you want to, regardless of your race or your economic status, and so on. Um, that's that's all nice. But but we we take these all for granted. It takes hard work to get to that level of civilization. You constantly got to refresh it. You you it's it's like exercise, right? I mean, if you did exercise. And, you know, you, you got your six-pack in your stomach and, you know, you feel like you're in good shape and you're, you've got your, your cholesterol down the right level and everything else. You don't just say, well, done. I don't have to do that again, right? No, you've got to keep on going at it. And not only that, but your body changes with age and time as well anyway. You've got to constantly change your, your exercise routine. Uh, they call it muscle confusion, I guess. Um, but... The point is that you've constantly be, got to be vigilant about your own health, right? And you've got to be constantly at it. But when it comes to building civilization, we are very lazy. We, we just stop. Well, I, well, I was, you know, it's like the, 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 uh, the quarterback who um, was in great shape during high school, right? Maybe during college, too. And um, his body is such that, he, you know, he doesn't have to work out that much. And then he turns 30 and he's very flabby. But in his mind, he still thinks of himself as an athletic, well-toned person. And he just keeps on with that mantra until one day he looks himself in the mirror or somebody tells him, hey, you, uh, what are you going to do about that, uh, your health? Maybe a doctor will tell him, uh, you know, John, you're, uh, you're about 50 pounds overweight. You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to die. Stroke, heart attack, something. But unless you do something, you're, you're going to die. And the doctor's right. It's kind of obvious when you think about it. But he, he'll ignore it until something hits him hard, usually a heart attack or a stroke. It, it happens so often. It's, it's crazy. Well, every once in a while, by the way, and I'll, I'm saying this parenthetically, uh, I will go to a, um, a vegan event. Uh, as you know, I'm, I'm practically vegan, uh, except for fish. And, and he uh, loves to tell you about and, uh, it. That's right. That's, how, how do you know, uh, how, do you, how, how can you spot the vegan in the room? Don't worry, he'll tell you. <laughs> anyway, so you go, you go to, I go to these things just every once in a while to learn a little bit more. And it always strikes me how I am the youngest, I'm very often the youngest person in the room. Everyone, they seem to be about 65, 75, very elderly people. They, they're getting healthy. They're, they're in good shape, relatively speaking. 
but they're very, it's the older set who are into this. And you know why? Because they've waited until something bad has happened in their lives before they took action. That's why. There's so few people take action before something bad happens to them. It's almost like, you know, driving your car and saying, hey, what's the point of wearing your seatbelt? Or I, I can text and drive. I've never had, I've never had an accident, right? But um, that's the way it is with people in the way they treat their own food or their exercise. The way they handle their lives and their health is exactly like that. They wait for some big accident yeah. in the and form that, of a stroke or a heart attack. And that's the way they're handling their civilization. Exactly. There's one thing you didn't say that strikes me about your description is we ignore how fragile this all is. Yeah. So many people take this for granted. They have the Holden Caulfield attitude of it's all phony, who cares, what's it all for? And they don't realize, no, this, this time, this place is precious and it will be destroyed if you don't choose to defend it. That's right. Uh, you, you said it so uh, marvelously. It, it's really fantastic the, the way you just described it. We, it. It requires constant vigilance. It is a garden that uh, looks beautiful, but you have to get in there and you have to weed the garden. You have to make sure it's fertilized correctly, that it gets the appropriate sunlight, the appropriate water. And uh, you have to mow the lawn every once in a while. You have to, a tremendous amount of work is involved. It is not the state, uh, the natural state of affairs uh, at all. The natural state of affairs is for the garden to be overrun with weeds and other uh, uh, indigenous plant life that will choke the, the plants that you love so much, whether it's the bougainvilleas or roses or otherwise. And the That's, way that analogy looks is chaos and misery. Yeah. It, it, it's not a pleasant thing to look at, right? And it's what we might call the jungle, right? That's what the jungle looks like. You want to see what civilization looks like without, uh, without attention to it? Look at the jungle. And with it, you'll get all the dangers of the jungle, too. And, and what you're saying is absolutely right, because the people of Iran in 1978, the people of Afghanistan in 1977, the people of Beirut in, in uh, Lebanon in 1974, all live the way we live now. Yeah. And now, if you go to those countries, it's chaos. And yeah, it is. It is a hundred percent right. And uh, look, or Detroit, for that matter. Look at what happened to Detroit. There was no attention to the, the natural order of things and how to ensure a structure that works. And now Detroit is—it's uh, pure jungle. There's every building is dilapidated. Uh, you could buy uh, what used to be prime real estate over there for five thousand dollars. Really, a very nice lot, uh, like a ten thousand square foot lot. For $5,000. In some cases, they will pay you to take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I know, I know. It's, but but, it's, but let, let, let's, let's wrap it up by, by, by making it clear that we have only one shot at this. In, in many cases, we have only one shot. And if we blow it, uh, we could lose it all. And your point about the, the Middle East and Beirut and other places that used to be such great uh, havens for success. Cuba, by the way, another good example. Of what you were saying. Perfect. Um, if you if you let it go, it, it it will revert to a jungle. And what we saw in Iraq, you know. And again, I, I didn't even talk about Obama. I, I do fault Obama for 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 leaving 
in every respect, but I'm, I simply want to show what happens when you decide that you're just not going to tend to the garden anymore. Yeah, this is a broader issue. This is Much about broader. This individual citizens losing their appreciation for the miracle called America. That's right. And the, with, with the odds you posted, uh, you said there's only one reasonable conclusion I can come about what this time and place is, and that it's a miracle. And if you don't appreciate it as a miracle, it will go away. Yeah. It's uh, taking it for granted like that spoiled child. Uh, he will not survive in the world. And, and the world is constantly trying to attack you, constantly trying to undermine. The jungle wants its due, and you have to fight back. You have to blaze that trail. You have to tame the jungle. And if you don't tame it, the jungle overtakes you. My friends, tend to the garden and understand that we are coming back to the jungle now. It is not going to be a pretty picture. We're going to have to fight. And as always, we learn this lesson a little too late, as we saw in World War II. This is Baruch Lurie. This has been the Baruch Lurie Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next week.